welcome to Enjoy the Journey. I am your host, Ray Spelprink, and you might notice that we changed the name of the podcast just a little bit. Instead of The Journey with Ray Spelprink, it is now Enjoy the Journey with Ray Spelprink. This brings things in line with uh, my saying that I use a lot, which is Enjoy the Journey. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast. And maybe you're doing other things while you're listening, and that's fine. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time. And we try to bring messages or uh, thoughts or interviews that will be a blessing to you. And maybe even challenge you some in your life. I was, As I was thinking about what to share this week, I don't have a things laid out weeks in advance. I just go from week to week and see what the Lord lays on my heart. And I came across this that I shared with the church many years ago. And I think it's uh, very relevant. I think it's uh, just as valid today as it was those many years ago that I shared it. We all have on our, we are all on a journey and as believers, we are on a journey toward heaven. And uh, we find ourselves facing things and facing uh, obstacles on the road to the victory that God wants us to have, on the, on the road to the victory that uh, God has made a way for us to have. There'll always be obstacles. I want to share some scripture from John chapter 11. You might remember this is the chapter where uh, Lazarus, who was the brother of Mary and Martha, Lazarus had gotten sick. They called for Jesus, who was in the town, the next town over. And before Jesus could get there, Lazarus died and was put in a tomb, in this uh, a cave, if you will, with a big boulder uh, rolled over the opening of the cave. So we come to uh, Jesus saying, show me where you laid him. And we're going to take up the, the uh, reading in John chapter 11, verse 38. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was laying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha the dead man's sister told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. The reality is <clears throat> on our journey through this life, there will always be obstacles to overcome in order for us to walk in, in the victory and receive the blessings of God. 
I believe with all my heart that God wants to bless us even more than we want to be blessed. But uh, there's going to be things that we're going to encounter. There's going to be things that uh, will try to slow us down, things that will try to deter us. But always remember, and I've, I've lived by this for many years now, the battle is the Lord's. The victory is ours. Now, there are, that said, there are certain things we must do in order to walk in the victory and to, to get those blessings that God has for us. For example, we must take possession of it. That's our responsibility. We must take possession. We must walk in it. We must walk in victory. See, this is not something, uh, just a shot here or there. Walking in victory for Jesus is a, is a way of life. It is indeed a lifestyle. So we need to remember that it's something that we do. Not that God does for us, but something that we do. He does, however, empower us to do it. God has provided the, uh, the means necessary for us to walk in victory and to receive the blessings that he has for us. Now it's up to us to do it. And just like they told, just like Jesus told the people there at the tomb, he says, you roll away the stone. You remove the stone. Now, I believe with all my heart, Jesus could have spoken. That stone could have rolled. Jesus could have spoken. That stone, that stone could have totally disintegrated into dust. But no, he said, there's something you're going to have to do to see this blessing, to see this miracle. And he says, you roll away the stones. And so sometimes it's up to us to remove the stone that's blocking us from the victory. So we want to look, first of all, at some obstacles in getting to where the victory is. One of the things that I see a lot of is uh, not walking by faith. People say, oh, I, I'm walking by faith in the Lord, but <clears throat> their actions don't show that. We are supposed to, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith in what God can and will do, not necessarily by what we see. Now, I, I compare this to you know Abraham faith and Thomas faith. Abraham, you might recall back in the Old Testament, in Genesis, I believe is around 12th chapter, God spoke to Abraham, said, get, get up and go to a country that you don't know. You just get up and you go, and I will tell you while you're on the journey where to go. Now, that's faith, leaving everything behind, taking just what you have to, and then just relying on God to lead you. Thomas, on the other hand, when he had heard that uh, Jesus had risen from the dead, and he had heard from witnesses who seen Jesus, who verified this, said, I'll not believe it unless I see it with my own eyes and thrust my hand into the, uh, the hole in his side. And when Jesus appeared to Thomas and said, here I am. And, and he says, feel free to thrust your hand into my side. And, and, and he said, that's a practical faith. If you can see it and believe it, that's, just, that's really not faith at all. Jesus even told Thomas, blessed are those that um, do not see and yet believe. That's faith. That's faith. 
Now, another obstacle in getting to where the victory is, is, is not wanting to fellowship with others. You know, uh, the story goes that a man died and went to heaven. And when he got there, he seen all these doors and these lines of people at all these doors. And he noticed that above the door, he seen on one, above one door, Baptist, above another door, Methodist, above another door, Pentecostal, above another door, Presbyterian, and on and on it went with all the various denominations. And yet, when each person walked through their denominational door, if you will, there they were in one heaven. You see, there is only one heaven. And we need to, well, there's not a separate heaven for every denomination. And so we need to get over that. There's not a, you know, we're going to, uh, we should be willing to fellowship with anyone who's believed on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, regardless of denominational affiliations. Yeah, you know, see, in my opinion, denominations do nothing more than divide the body of Christ. And, uh, and some denominations were born uh, just over small disagreements. And some of them were born over because one guy wanted to be in charge, whereas he wasn't allowed to in a particular denomination. So there's all kinds of reasons for these denominations, but all they do is divide the body of Jesus Christ. They divide Christians. So we need to get over that, get over ourselves, get over the shin bone thing that uh, says that if you, in order to make it to heaven, you're going to have to believe exactly like I do. You're going to have to uh, be a part of my denomination. You're going to have to be, that's a bunch of hogwash, to be honest with you. All they told them is that believe on Jesus is what they told them, to believe on Jesus. Now, another obstacle that gets in the way uh, hindering us from getting to where the victory is, is strife, dissension, and contention. And boy, do we see that among Christians today. And it goes all the way back to the early church. In Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 40, we see here where Paul and Barnabas, uh, they had a dispute, the Bible says. They disagreed. And in verse 39, it says they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And what was, the, what was this disagreement over? It was because uh, Silas, not Silas, uh, Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark along with them. Whereas in the past, John Mark turned and went away. He went back and he had to depart from them. But, and, and, and Paul said, no, I'm not going to do it because he left us once. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful that God's a God of second chances. But anyway, these guys, it was, the disagreement was so sharp that they parted company. Paul took Silas with him. And, uh, of course, uh, Barnabas took John Mark with him. And they continued both to serve the Lord and to make their missionary trips and their missionary journeys and to see lives saved and, and, and people transformed by the power of God. And, and so that's just one of the disagreements, the disputes that they had in the early church. And there were others, but, but, but we need to get over these. We need to work through these strife, through the strife, the dissension, and contention. And then another obstacle in getting to where the victory is, so many people today, they want to tear down 
other ministers and other ministries. And I learned a long time ago, and I heard a, I heard a preacher say one time, and I, though I can't remember who it was, he said, you'll never build a ministry by tearing down another one to do so. And boy, how true that is. You'll never build a church by tearing down another one to do so. Why can't we start working together, cooperating together for the cause of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I, I kind of think maybe the world sees all this dissension, all this fussing and feuding and fighting among church people that they say, why would I want to be a part of that mess? And you know what? We'll stand before God for that too. So we need to be mindful of that. And then another thing that stands in the way of, uh, of getting to where the victory is, is, is that we must overcome obstacles in our spiritual walk if we are to walk in victory and have God's best in our lives. Again, walking in victory is or should be a way of life for the Christian. Remember, it's already paid for. Now let's take a few moments to look at some things that uh, bind and hinder us in our walk with God. Wouldn't it be great to be free and and, and have the liberty to do and and uh, whatever God wants us to do? Uh, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. So we need the Spirit of the Lord in our lives. So things that do bind and hinder us in our walk with God, though, is our attitude. Attitude means a lot. So some uh, Christians come across as, I'm right, and that makes you always wrong. And they're not open to correction. They're not open to instruction. They're not open to, to a conversation even, to talk about what it is that they're right about or they think they're right about. And uh, it's through the years I've learned that every, well, there's a lot of things that I was taught early on that were not necessarily even biblical. But I was taught these by preachers from the pulpit. And as I begin to search scriptures, I'm saying, you know, this isn't right. This isn't right. And there's a lot of things I had to unlearn and relearn things correctly. Another thing that will bind and hinder us in our walk with God is our habits. See, we don't have habits. They have us. Things that have us bind us. So we need to work through and break these habits that hinder us. Another thing that can bind and hinder us in our walk with God, this is going to sound odd probably, is our marriage. You see, a bad marriage can bind and hinder you from doing much for God. A bad marriage can, can bring you down emotionally, can bring you down physically, can bring you down spiritually. So it's so important to work on our marriages. Another thing that binds and hinders us in a walk with God, divorce. Some people let a divorce keep them from having the victory. You know, and it's and I'll be the first to admit there are some biblical grounds for divorce, okay? So don't get me wrong there. But uh but sometimes when you divorce, it's like you feel like you're giving up, you're quitting, and or you're or you're admitting I'm a failure. Don't let Satan plant that seed of doubt in your mind. So don't let divorce keep you from having the victory that God wants you to have. Children, 
Now, they can zap your energy and your victory. And I'm not talking about just the children, the small ones that live at home. Sure, they can zap your energy because a lot of them are, are spunky. They've got a lot of energy. And keeping up with the kids sometimes gets a little more, little, uh, more difficult as we get older. But I'm also talking about the older children who are out on their own, who are doing their own thing. Perhaps they were brought up uh, to live for God. Perhaps they were brought up to believe in God, to serve God. But yet they've decided to go their own way and do their own thing. And their own way and their own thing does not include God. And that, that can really bring you down. So you, and you can't allow that to zap your victory, though. Continue, continue to pray. Continue to stand on the word. And then people have hang-ups. That's another uh, hindrance in our walk with God. It'll bind you up. We got our own personal hang-ups, you know, and, and they can vary. There can be as many hang-ups as there are people, and some people have multiple hang-ups. To that, I say, let it go. Get over it. Get over it. It's time to work for God. It's time to walk with God. It's time to serve God. Another thing that can bind and hinder us in our walk with God is our words, the things we say. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What he's saying is that words mean things. So be careful what you say and be careful how you say it. James tells us that both blessings and cursings ought not come out from uh, all that come out of our mouths. James 3, 9 and 10. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. I think that's pretty plain. Needs no further explanation. Something else that binds and hinders us in our walk with God is dwelling on the past. And, and we, can, we can get caught up on our past. And some people have a hard time getting beyond their past. But uh, Paul, again, in writing to the Corinthians, said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. See, when we come to know Jesus, Christians are brand new people on the inside. God works with us from the inside and changes us. The Holy Spirit gives us new life, and we're not the same person that we was. We're not the same anymore. We're not reformed or, or rehabilitated or re-educated. We are brand new creations living in vital union with Jesus. Think about that. And, and uh, we're not reformed. We are new creations, living, new creatures living with Jesus. We're not turning over a new leaf. We're beginning a new life under a new master. The past. Psalms 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Sometimes we can't let the past alone. Folks, put it under the blood of Jesus. 
leave your past where it is in the past. Leave it beyond. You know, sir, sure, Satan's going to try to, your, uh, to throw your past up in your face. But the bottom line is a lot of people try to throw their past up in their own face. They say they want to let it go, but they keep bringing it up. Leave it in the past. The east and west uh, never meet. You know, he's removed, uh, like the psalmist said, as far as the east is from the rest, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And the east and west never meet. When God forgives our sin, he separates it from us and doesn't even remember it anymore. We never need wallow in the forgiven past, for God forgives and forgets. We tend to dredge up the ugly past, but God has wiped our record clean. <laughs> and that's, that excites me right there. Micah chapter 7, verse 19. He, referring to God, will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. And then talking to God, he says, You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. They'll be gone. They'll be gone. Then Paul, the apostle, in writing to the church of Philippi, in Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. What he's saying is, I haven't arrived yet. But one thing I do, he says, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul had reason to feel sorry about the past. After all, he had held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the, uh, the, the first martyr in Christianity. He had uh, served on the Council of the Sanhedrin. He had papers uh, from uh, the religious leaders to imprison practicing Christians. And let's face it, we've all done things that we're ashamed of. And we all live in the tension of what we have been and and, and what we want to be. And sometimes those two things are quite far apart. Because our hope, though, is in Jesus, we can let go of past guilt and look forward to what he will help us to become. I encourage you today, don't dwell on your past. Instead, grow in the knowledge of God by by, by concentrating on your relationship with Him. And do it now. Realize that you are forgiven. And then move on. Move on to a life of faith and obedience to God. Look forward to a fuller and more meaningful life because your hope is in Jesus. Now, there will always be obstacles that you'll encounter on your spiritual journey. That's a given, okay? You can't move without producing friction. So that's a scientific fact. Now, how we respond to the obstacles that we face is what's important. Satan is not just going to sit back and let us move forward in Jesus without uh, trying to cause a ruckus of some sort. But Jesus has already defeated Satan. 
Remember, there are, are things that we must do on this journey. So I encourage you to remove the stone, remove the obstacle, whatever that might be for you. Remove the stone of the obstacles you are facing and see what God will do for you, in you, to you, and through you. God bless you. Thank you. I know this is a little bit longer than what most of mine are, but I just really had, this was on my heart. I really had a lot to say. And I, and I pray that God's blessings upon you. And uh, until next time, till next week, I encourage you to enjoy the journey.